Hello, and welcome to the Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis Show, aired every Wednesday night at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Kat Cannabis is the international best-selling author of Surviving Cancerland Intuitive Aspects of Healing and host of Wicked Housewives on Cape Cod TV Show. Together we will explore cutting-edge insights and philosophies in health, wealth, and relationships. Kat's guests will be ordinary people with extraordinary stories. Now here is your host, Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis. Welcome to the show, everyone. Do you know how to get unstuck and create a life you love? Well, imagine moving in your life from chaos to clarity, and who has not had a little chaos in their life, right? But some of us, unfortunately, seem to be kind of ruled by that chaos. Well, today we have a number one Amazon best-selling author, Alex Braddy, and she knows how and uh, to move out of this chaos into clarity. And on the radio show today, she's going to share with us her secrets for success in creating the life you want, a life that works for you rather than against you. So without further ado, help me welcome Alex Braddy to the show. Welcome, Alex. Hi, it's great to be here. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, you're so welcome. And Alex, I was I was um, reading some of uh, the information about you when I was researching you, and you're kind of a superstar in the public opinion polling field. Is is that right? <laughs> well, that's very kind of you to to put it that way. I don't know that I would describe myself like that, but yes, that's what I I did for a long time. I had a long career in public opinion polling, um, and kind of you know rose through the ranks. Ultimately, made partner in a very well known and reputable company out of Washington D.C. Uh, before, of course, I sort of reevaluated where everything was going and decided that, gee, you know, after all this, after uh, climbing this ladder. I kind of looked around and said, you know, this isn't really what I want. I kind of autopiloted to this place, and it's actually not what I want to be doing with my life. And, of course, that's when everything started to change, and, you know, I felt like I was in a lot of chaos and needed to get some clarity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Isn't it amazing? I, you know, I, I interview so many people. I interview uh, people every week, and much of them have a similar story. They are so successful. And then... For some reason, they take a step back and they go, you know, I am successful, but I'm not sure that this is what I want to do. And and your job uh, as one of the youngest partners in the very prestigious Washington uh, research firm was to listen to people and find out to find out what they think and how they feel. And then you you actually kind of tuned into their emotional responses on how to get deeply in touch with their whys in life. And you're going, you know what? I'm not sure I'm deeply in touch with mine. And you made a big change. So uh, the irony of this is that during your 15 years, uh, while you were raising to the very top of your field, you kind of weren't listening to your own inner voice to discover your true emotions. So what did you do to understand why you were so miserably stuck in your own life? Yeah, I well, you know, 
that's the thing. I mean, I realize that, and as you said, there's so many people have this experience now, right, that they have success in that traditional sense where you've got, you know, the big job, the money, all the rest of it going on. And so from the outside, people look at that and they say, wow, like, you have, why wouldn't you be happy? Why wouldn't you be, um, you know, just thrilled with where you're at in life? But on the inside, something else is happening, right? You really have closed yourself off to what's in alignment with you and what you truly want to do. And that is, you know, I was sort of textbook definition for that. I essentially just mm-hmm. was working crazy hours on the road all the time away from my family. And over time, the work started to lose its meaning for me. So I got to this point where I essentially looked at it and said, gee, I'm spending all this time and energy uh, doing this, and I'm not really getting fulfillment out of it. So something has got to change, because if it doesn't, then what am I headed for, right? I'm going to be waking up in 10 years still living the Mm -hmm. same life. And that thought, the thought of being in the same place, the same position 10 years from now, that made me want to get into the fetal position. And at that point I knew, (laughs) okay, i got to shake things up here. i got to change things. So the first thing I did actually was get a life coach. And I had no idea at the time really what a life coach truly did, whether it could benefit me. I just figured, gee, I got nothing to lose, and maybe an outside perspective would be helpful. And, of course, it turned out to be really a great decision because I was able to sort of uncover, uh, you know, all these different self-sabotaging beliefs and limiting beliefs I'd been walking around with and totally unconscious to them and sort of how to open up to other possibilities and sort of reprogram everything. And so once I did that, once I sort of started on this path of self-discovery, it's like the genie was out of the bottle. Right. Once I realized that, wow, I get to choose how what I do in my life, I get to choose to be happy, I can choose to have this life, then it was, you know, I can't put that back in the bottle. That's when I realized, okay, I really do have to make change here, and that's when I really realized it was time to step out of what I was doing and start building a new and different life for myself. So would you kind of say that the first big step that you did from the, the, this uh, chaos to clarity was you kind of projected 10 years into the future and looked at yourself at where you would be and what you were would be doing and asked yourself, you know, yourself, your own inner voice, is this going to make me happy? Is this what I want to do? Is that kind of exactly. what happened? Exactly. Yeah, uh-huh. exactly. And it really, I mean, for me it was really a, a profound moment because I realized oh my gosh, if I'm still living this life, if I'm still, you know, endlessly on the road and away from my family, and yes, I'm making great money, but for what? I, you know, I'm not even into this work anymore. I mean, I think it would have been different if the work still held meaning and it was fulfilling for me, right? Then you realize, like, okay, I'm doing this for a real reason. I feel really filled up by it. But it really started to lose its meaning. And so the thought of still being doing this at, you know, 10 years from now was just, Mm -hmm. you know, I knew that that was not going to be for me. Yeah. And that's really, Mm -hmm. you know, if you have those moments, that's when you really then have to hit that pause button and say, okay. I mean, that's good information. What do I do with that now? If I mean, essentially, if I don't want to be living this same life 10 years, even five years now, why even make it that far, right? One year, five years, whatever that time frame is, then I have to make changes. And that's the key, really, is that 
you individually have to make the change, right? No one is going to come along for you and do it. And I think a lot of us kind of float through life feeling like, yeah, yeah, it'll get better when. It'll get better when, you know, this project is done or when I'm finished working with this client or when this happens or when they change this policy at work or whatever it is. But truthfully, it's all about us. And it's all about the fact Mm -hmm. that we have to determine what we want in our lives and start deliberately creating instead of creating by default and just going along and autopiloting through it. Mm -hmm. So in your book, uh, From Chaos to Clarity, Getting Unstuck and Creating a Life You Live, I I really love Chapter 2. I mean, it it didn't take me long getting into your book to to fall in love with it. And Chapter 2 is Look Inside for answers, which, you know, is so true. Our own inner voice, that we have all the information we need right inside of ourselves, and we just really need to kind of, of look inside there for the answers we need to, to get unstuck. So what was your main eye-opener for you, for your whole life, when you kind of, you know, looked inside yourself what was that one thing that that made you say you know what i think i need to go and get a life coach to get me on a different path well i was essentially living einstein's definition of insanity right i was doing the same thing over and over (laughs) yeah and expecting a different result right i was like that little hamster on the wheel and just forever running around in it. So, I mean, that alone, just sort of like taking that pause and stepping out and saying, gee, do I want to keep running on this treadmill? No, I don't. So I I do have to change something. And I think, you know, from there, the key moment was essentially understanding that it is, you know, we have a choice, right? We do. We always have a choice in life, even when we think we don't. Now, sometimes the choice ain't easy, don't get me wrong, but we are always a choice. And truly, you know, at the root of all of it is the recognition that we do have those answers inside of us, right? It's not about other people Mm -hmm. and what they said or did or did not do and the things that happened to us. I mean, yes, those are all experiences we can learn from, but we have to first acknowledge that we create our own world. And that's really the crux of all of this, right? We create our own experience. And so Mm -hmm. if we are essentially, you know, showing up for whatever it is, work, family, relationships, you know, feeling like, oh, God, you know, another day doing this. I just, I hate this. I don't want to do it. Then guess what? You're just going to have a crappy experience, right? Um, But if you're showing up with enthusiasm and with gratitude and thankful, then, excuse me, you're going to have a better experience. I mean, what we put out there, we get back. And so I think it's really a big concept to swallow because when I really wrapped my head around that, it was like, really? But why would I have created a situation for myself that I don't even like? That's nuts, right? That's like a bitter pill Mm -hmm. to swallow. But it's also very Mm -hmm. empowering because if you do take it on and you take ownership of that, then you can draw a line in the sand and say, okay, well, maybe I didn't realize that I was creating it all before, so I was kind of on this default pattern. But from today onwards, I do understand that I create it all. And that's empowering because it means that moving forward, I can really consciously choose what I want and I can be a deliberate creator and build the life or the business or the relationship that I truly want. So for our listeners, um, what 
is uh, what is something that you could give them uh, or a suggestion to to help them understand what's really keeping them stuck, which isn't always what it appears to be. What what little bit of advice can you give them? Yeah, and that is the truth, right? It's not always what it seems to be. So you mm-hmm. really do have to essentially look at some of the subconscious beliefs that you're carrying around with you, right? And this is all part of the process of looking within. And, you know, a way to do that is, you know, think of it like a computer, okay? You use your the desktop applications and you don't think much beyond that. But underneath that, underneath all those programs that you use is the operating system that makes everything work. And our subconscious beliefs are like that operating system. They are essentially our operating program. And unless we become aware of them and assess whether they're serving us well, we can stay stuck in place or in a pattern of behavior. And so in the book, From Chaos to Clarity, I actually outline how you can really look at those subconscious beliefs because, of course, they're in your subconscious, so we're not always aware of them. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. obviously the tricky Mm -hmm. thing about them. Um, But you can look and say, okay, you know, how do I, you know, how do I view, I mean, money is a big topic, right? A lot of people have very mm-hmm. limited beliefs about money. So let's just take that as an example. How do I think about money? You know, what are my beliefs? What are the things that I say or think about money? Do I say things like, you know, you've got to work really hard for your money or money doesn't grow on trees or, you know, rich people are, are generally pretty nasty people or they're greedy people. Do I hold these beliefs? about something like money and if I do you know consciously I may be saying to myself okay I want to create more money I want to be wealthy right I mean most of us want to make more money but if subconsciously I'm holding beliefs that essentially say oh wow well there's a scarcity of money and you know actually to become rich is you know to become not a very nice person guess what that Mm -hmm. subconscious is going to always override the conscious belief and so it's really key to get in touch with those subconscious beliefs and where a lot of them are programmed in are when we are young okay and it's nobody's fault it's not your parents fault it's not your fault you know they your parents had their beliefs their belief system they bring you up as best they can and as as a young child you're a sponge you're observing you're listening you're taking everything in that's your job as a kid so nobody is at fault here but it's helpful to think back into your childhood and think about how your parents talked about some of the things you're dealing with whether it's money whether it's relationships whether it's work and think about the things you heard as a child and whether you really are still carrying those with you because very often we are we carry them for decades without realizing and of course the key now is hey you're an adult if it's not your belief it was if it was programmed in at an early age it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be serving you well anymore. And if it's not your belief and it's not serving you, then it's time to let that go and mm-hmm. and move into a belief that actually works for you as an adult and is going to help you move forward and bring you into alignment with what you consciously are pursuing. Mm-hmm. So basically what I hear you is that. Occasionally we get a train break. (laughs) I know. Um, What what I think I heard you say was if if you grew up, let's say, with the mindset that uh, that 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 very wealthy people are kind of you know 
nasty or ornery or or are people that you might not want to be, even though you would like to have their finances, maybe one of the things that you could do to reprogram your mind, which may have been programmed by parents or neighbors or, or your peer group that are going, yeah, we can't have that because we can't afford it, but, you know, they can, but they're not going to give it to us, is to maybe find that person who is wealthy, who is donating a lot of money to great causes, great charities, and doing a lot of good in the world with their finances that they worked very hard for, and use that person as your role model, and that could reprogram your mind to saying something like, I would like to be like him. If he can do it, I can do it, and I could create a financial platform that would allow me to use that monetary gain to help others. And suddenly you put something positive like that out to the universe, and the the universe hears it and runs with it. Yeah, I mean, and I love that example. I, yes, because especially if you're sort of if you're grappling with a belief like that, where it's sort of a a belief about a type of person, or you know what it means to be rich, or what it means to be you know married, or what it means to be divorced, right? Like some of those sort mm-hmm. of labels or statuses that we sort of have in life. Yes, I mean, it can be a very helpful. Um, exercise to essentially look for people who sort of meet that criteria but are, as you said, doing good with it, right? That it's not always, because it never is, it's never always a bad story about anything in particular. It's like, look for the good and yes, you can use that person as a role model. And I think the other thing too is, you know, Look at who you're surrounding yourself with as well as an mm-hmm. adult, right? Because mm-hmm. if we, I think it's Jim Rohn who's, you know, very well-known motivational speaker. I think it's him who says, you know, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And when you really look around you, who are you spending time with? Are you spending time with people who are kind of dragging you down and sort of being naysayers and saying, no, you, you can't do that, you, you know, that's crazy, don't, you know, stupid idea, don't do it, you know, we'll never, be, we'll never be anything more than we are right now, we just have to accept our lot in life or whatever it is. If you listen to that and you're surrounded by that all the time, guess what? That's kind of where you're going to be. You want to surround yourself with people who are lifting you up, who are supporting you, who understand your hopes and dreams and have their own set of hopes and dreams, right, so that you're fueling Mm -hmm. each other. And so, yes, it's about us. It's about our own programming, um, and that's where it all starts. But you also want to look at the environment around you, too, and exactly who you're spending time with and and how that's impacting you and where you want to go. That's so true because, you know, um, misery – and failure both love company. So mm-hmm. if you find that that you are not happy and you are not being successful, look around yourself, just like you said, and maybe it's time to, to change company. Uh, you know, if you want to fly with the eagles, do not nest with buzzards. That's what I tell my friends all the time. You are a part of that that saying, birds of a feather. So for those of you just tuning in, our first guest this evening is author Alex Brady, and she's talking about how to get unstuck and create a life you love. And she's sharing with us some of her ideas on how to move into your life from chaos to clarity. 
So uh, how would you suggest our listeners connect with their true self and recognize um, that you already have the answers to your, your burning questions about how to move out of chaos into clarity? What's something that they can do to connect with their true self? Oh, I love that question. Yes. Um, yes, and your true self, some people call it their higher self, the divine self, their real self, whatever you call it. It is that quiet part of you, that still part of you that does have all the answers. And here's the thing, though. I mean, a lot of people listening to this will say, well, gee, I've never encountered that part of me, or it's been a long time since I had a chat with that part of me. Yes, and you know why? Because you're letting the other voice, the other part of you, rule the roost. And that other voice is that negative chatter in our heads right? You know what I'm talking about, where you have a mm-hmm. great idea, and immediately mm-hmm. in comes that voice saying, that's ridiculous. Don't be stupid. That's crazy. How could you do that, right? And yes, we you just kind of talk voice. yourself right out of it. Yes, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. And that voice, you know, some people call that the ego, right? That it comes in. And here's how you know the difference between these two voices. The ego, it's loud. It comes in uninvited, Right? I mean, you have mm-hmm. the idea and immediately it comes in and it doesn't stop. It like plays the track over and over again if you let it. And so the key here is you've got to put that voice off to the side. So it's getting clear about recognizing what's going on instead of sort of falling into the default pattern of, oh, you know, no, I can't do it, and and sort of acting as though that voice is real, catch yourself and realize you're in a pattern of negative self-talk and just hit the pause button and say, okay, you know what, I've heard this before. I I hear you. I know you're trying to protect me because I'm having a new idea or I want to have a new experience, but why don't you just sort of go off and sit over here for for a moment? Why don't you take a back seat in the car just for a moment and I'll come back to you later. You just wait over here. I just need to get (laughs) quiet right now and talk to my other friend over here, which is my true self. And truthfully, I mean, your true self, unlike the ego, it's quiet. It needs to be invited in to talk to you. And Mm -hmm. it is not going to just sort of like be this loud voice, right? I mean, that's how you can tell the difference between these two. So you do need to get to that quiet space. And when you're in it, when you've quieted that negative voice and it's off the side and you're in that quiet space, just ask yourself some questions. You know, what is it that I truly want? Or what is it that I need to know today? What is it that I'm to be doing? How can I best be of service? I mean, whatever those questions are, just ask them and quiet, sit quietly and wait for the answers. And that, I mean, it's that simple. But we often just don't take the time to quiet that negative voice and get to that place where we're able to tap into that beautiful part of ourselves that does have all the answers and does have our best interests at heart. Um, and on page 19 of your book, talking about the quiet, uh, you actually have a way for people to connect with that that inner guidance, that inner quiet, and it's called "It's Your Turn." And so, what you what it says on this page, which I just loved, it says, and this is for all the listeners right now. You can do this as I as I'm reading it to you, right out of uh, you know out of Alex's book from Chaos to clarity. Get quiet. Sit up straight with your feet on the floor and your arms and legs uncrossed. Close your eyes 
and take five deep breaths to center yourself. Inhale through your nose and exhale through your mouth. As before, really take your time with this breathing to calm and center yourself. Ask yourself some questions about the situation or relationship that bothers you. The reason I feel bothered or irritated. Why do I feel sad or angry or frustrated by the situation or by the way someone is treating me? It might be because you feel disrespected or it could be because you don't feel loved or some other reason. But what is it that makes you feel that way about the situation? And then you actually have the reader open their eyes and write the answer to that. So this book, uh, From Chaos to Clarity, is more than than just a, a book, Alex. It's kind of a workbook. Yes, it is. At the end of each chapter, there are these uh, kind of little processes or questions that I um, have people do. And as you said, it's, you know, it's called the uh, It's Your Turn section. And the reason for that is really simple. I, you can read this book and get a lot from it, don't get me wrong. But unless you actually work through some of the questions and some of the processes like we're just talking about in terms of connecting with your real self, you're not going to get as much value out of it. And so I wanted to create that interactive experience where, you know, uh, the reader, uh, you know, takes in the chapter and the concept that I'm discussing, but then has a moment for them for to sort of try it on themselves and sort of connect with the idea in a much more, um, you know, uh, sort of personal way for themselves rather than just reading through the book. So if you read through the book and do the exercises, you really will go from chaos to clarity. It really does work. Well, I want to thank you so much, Alex Brady, for being on the show with us today. And can you share with our listeners how they can get in contact with you and how they can find your book? Oh, my pleasure. I'd be happy to. Yes. The book From Chaos to Clarity, Getting Unstuck and Creating a Life You Love is on Amazon and it's on there any which way you like it, paperback, Kindle, and audio. And to contact me, just go to my website, alexbratty.com. That's spelled A-L-E-X b-r-a-t-t-y.com and there's a contact page there you can just shoot me an email and as a as an offer to your listeners today i am offering sort of a 20 minute free assessment call so if anybody feels like they are in chaos or just they're stuck they don't know where they're going with their life um you know just go to my website alexbrady.com fill out the form and book your 20-minute assessment. You can do it right there on my calendar. Um, And I would look forward to talking to you and kind of you share where you're at and where you want to be. And I'll share my insights in terms of, you know, what you might be missing or what little changes you can make that can help you get you where you want to go. Thank you so much again for being on the show with us. And uh, we hope to have you back again the next with, with the next book you write. Thank you. It would be my pleasure, and it's been an honor to be on today. Thank you so much. Thank you. So uh, to, to, to kind of wrap up everything Alex said and that we were listening to, 
every single one of us has felt stuck at one time or another, or or maybe you feel stuck right now. We all know what that feeling is, and, and sometimes not knowing what to do next or how to break out of that same old pattern of behavior or listening to all that, oh, that we were talking about, that negative chatter in your head that's talking you out of something that would be of benefit to you or or tells you that you're not good enough. You know, in in her book, From Chaos to Clarity, Alex uh, puts it all together and shows us how to keep ourselves from running in place and uh, playing it safe and stepping out of that box in order to go from a life of chaos to clarity. So I'm going to play a quick commercial now, and don't go away because coming on right after the commercial is Dr. Brant Courtright, and he is going to be talking about the neurogenesis diet and lifestyle on how to upgrade your brain and upgrade your life. So don't go away. We'll be right back. Hey, Jenna, have you seen the TV show Wicked Housewives on Cape Cod on Channel 99? OMG, I love that show. It's with Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis. She's an international best-selling author and Lori Boyle, the CEO of Lori Boyle Media. Right. They're hosting a personal development seminar, Retreat for the Soul. It's about your dreams, meditation, healing, and the subconscious mind. Ooh. It sounds fun. And rejuvenating. Let's go. Where do we sign up? Their website, wickedhousewivesoncapecod.com. Did you know that you can use your own radio show to promote your business and become a celebrity in your area or industry? Do you have a great idea for a radio show or a passion that you would like to share with other like-minded people? The Wicked Housewives on Cape Cod Radio and TV hosts Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis and Lori Boyle will show you how. Go to wickedhousewivesoncapecod.com. Do you have a great story to tell or do you want to write your memoir? Best-selling author Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis and Lori Boyle, CEO of Lori Boyle Media, are the hosts of the Wicked Housewives on Cape Cod TV and radio shows. Join their Writer's Workshop Intensive to get writing and get published. Go to wickedhousewivesoncapecod.com. Welcome back, everyone. Are we destined to just slide downhill at the mercy of our decaying bodies as we age suffering from low energy and diminished cognitive abilities and our memories going and our our focus is all distracted and reduced sex drive and even depression? Or do we have a choice? Our next guest, Dr. Brant Courtright, is going to be talking about just that. You know, wouldn't it be remarkable if we could just increase increase our brain's rate of making new brain cells. Well, Dr. Courtright says we can. So let's bring him on right now. Please welcome Dr. Courtright as he tells us how he has the answers to these questions. Hi, Dr. Courtright. Hello. It's good to be here. Oh, thank you so much for being on the show with us today. And so we're, we we would all like to know, is it possible to increase our cognitive skills? Absolutely. Um, so as you were hinting at, 
Um, <laughs> new brain cells is something that is integrally important to our state of health. So it used to be believed up until very recently that the brain stopped growing new brain cells once we were in our early 20s. And after that, it was one slow decline. But then it was discovered that actually we do produce new brain cells throughout our entire lifetime. This shook up the whole field of neuroscience because it was considered gospel that the brain's cells were finite and they just diminished after our early 20s. Well, they didn't know what to do with that for a long time. They didn't know the meaning of it. But in the last few years, it's become clear that our rate of neurogenesis so neurogenesis is the process of making new brain cells, right? It's, it's generating new neurons. It turns out that the rate of neurogenesis is hugely important for our emotional health, for our cognitive health, and even our physical health. So a low rate of neurogenesis, that is a low rate at which our brain is producing new brain cells, is associated with cognitive decline, with memory problems, with anxiety, with stress, and with depression, and even with lowered immunity. And a high rate of neurogenesis, that is a high rate at which we are giving birth to new brain cells, is associated with the opposite, with cognitive enhancement, with rapid learning, with robust emotional resilience and protection against stress, anxiety, and depression. And it turns out that just about all of us can increase our rate of neurogenesis by at least five times, probably even more than that, wow. with profound and dramatic effects at every level of our life. And that's what this book is about, how to increase our rate of neurogenesis. You know, that that is a paradigm shift in brain health and aging because you know we have he, we have been taught for so long myself included that when you reach a certain age just like every other organ in your body your brain will start to break down and you can't teach an old dog new tricks and so what you're showing with this breakthrough book the neurogenesis diet and lifestyle upgrade your brain upgrade your life is that that's not true that you have the scientifically validated four-point program of diet and lifestyle to to make that not happen to make sure that your brain is still functioning not as well as it was before but maybe even better is that right that's right that's exactly right. That, that most people are actually functioning probably at about 70 or 80% of what they could be. And so we think that our brain is healthy, but what it is, is it's normal. It's not necessarily robustly healthy. It could be, we could all be operating at a, at a higher level than we are now. You know, they did this one series of experiments with mice. They've, they've done the same thing actually with monkeys and cats and other mammals too, but mm -hmm. they took mice and they increased their rate of neurogenesis by five times by giving them a kind of holistic treatment, meaning <laughs> good diet, good emotional environment, good cognitive environment. Um, 
That that's my word for it, a holistic treatment. They Happy call it a rich environment. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and they found out that these mice then had big cognitive advantages over their normal neurogenesis rate peers. And they also had big emotional advantages over their normal neurogenesis rate peers. They were they weren't completely protected, but they were extremely protected from stress from high amounts of stress, from depression, from anxiety. Um, and they learned faster. They figured things out faster. They had big cognitive advantages. So now the question is, how do we translate this into humans? Mm -hmm. What do we do to operate at a higher level here? And so this is a holistic approach, meaning body, heart, mind, spirit. And it turns out that all of these work synergistically. They all work together for a more powerful result than if we just did one of them or two of them by themselves. You know, that that makes so much sense. And for the listeners just, just tuning in, uh, we have Dr. Brent Courtright, and he's talking about the neurogenesis diet and, and lifestyle, which is really important. And uh, Dr. Brent and I haven't spoken about what I'm about to ask him now. So in a way, I'm kind of putting him on the spot. But as being a breast cancer survivor who went through chemotherapy, doctor, I had a horrible, horrible chemo brain. I would get <clears throat> lost getting home from the grocery store. And it was so frustrating. And I remember thinking to myself, am I going to be like this forever? Because the doctors kept saying, we don't really know what's going to happen. It's it's a result of the chemo. You might get your memory back. You might not. You might just have forever be have a big blank. But the the gist of it was, you're not going to be what you were before. And they're right. I'm better and one of the reasons I got so much better is because I did that Zen thing that you were just talking about. I sat down and I said, what's not making me happy in my life? What needs to make me happy in my life? How do I need to change my diet? And when I did that, my brain began to regenerate. And I wrote my, my book, Surviving Cancer Land, and I'm in the process of writing another book with Dr. Larry Burke, who's at a Duke University, on how dreams can come true to, to diagnose your life, all kind of wrapped up in your neurogenesis of diet and lifestyle. So if I could do it with chemo brain, imagine, listeners, what you can accomplish just by tweaking your life to improve your memory and brain power. So how would you suggest... <laughs> Did you like that story? And I was worried about that. But do you have any do you have any feelings about this this chemo brain and how your neurogenesis diet and lifestyle could could possibly help some of the patients that are going to be listening to this show? Yeah, it's a great question because chemotherapy is so toxic to so much mm -hmm. of the body, including the brain, as you noticed. And so, yes, I would think that. Launching on some kind of brain health, brain rejuvenation process would be really important. And key to that would be increasing your rate of neurogenesis once again, increasing the rate at which you make new brain cells once again. Because I, I would bet, I mean, I actually don't know, you know, the, the, 
the work on neurogenesis is so new that a lot, some of the science, a lot of the science isn't really in yet. And so I, I don't know that there's actually been a study to show that chemo reduces neurogenesis, but I would bet 10 to 1 that it does. I mean, there's so many neurotoxins right now in our mm-hmm. society that mm-hmm. slow down the rate of neurogenesis that I would be astounded if chemo didn't. So I would think that um, a holistic approach like this, body, heart, mind, spirit, would be the best way to go about this. And although there's a separate chapter on physical things like exercise and types of exercise that increase neurogenesis, and a separate chapter on the heart and emotional things we can do and a separate chapter on the mind and mental things we can Mm -hmm. do and a separate chapter on spirit and certain spiritual practices increase neurogenesis. There's a whole chapter devoted to diet because diet is a hugely important factor in this. If we want to build a high end house, we need to use high quality materials, right? We don't use rotting wood or decaying wood. We use high quality lumber. And same with the brain. To stimulate neurogenesis, we need to eat certain foods and we also need to not eat certain other foods. You know, it's it's a very neurotoxic culture and actually world that we live in. There are many, many things that slow down our rate of neurogenesis and actually create cognitive decline and greater emotional fragility. Um, But we haven't known this until very, very recently. We've all just kind Mm -hmm. of stumbled into this innocently. But it turns out now it's become clear that there are a number of nutrients and the, the chapter goes into 25 or 30 different nutrients that increase our rate of neurogenesis. So things, for example, like certain kinds of bioflavonoids, like luteolin and apigenin and hesperidin. Um, there's a number of other things, including fish oil, um, omega-3 mm-hmm. fatty acids from fish mm-hmm. oil. It turns out that two-thirds of our brain is made up of fat. And <clears throat> of that, of that fat, one-third of it is DHA which is one of the three omega-3 fatty acids. So when we take additional fish oil or omega-3s, we increase our rate of neurogenesis. We build up our brains. We make a healthier brain. And um, so getting a lot of good, healthy fats and not eating unhealthy oxidized fats and not eating a high sugar, high high carbohydrate diet is also important. It turns out a high sugar diet will cut your rate of neurogenesis in two. Mm. That mm. that's pretty astonishing. I think when you it think is. of the average American diet. Um, oh yeah, we have so much sugar in the food. Oh. Yeah, and, and even like the American average American child, what they have at breakfast, like orange juice and, I don't know, sugar frosted flakes or something. It's like mm-hmm. it's all sugar and bad fat. You can't grow a good brain with that kind of a diet. You just can't. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's been this big increase. It's 
like childhood anxiety disorders are up eight times since the 1950s. And childhood depression is up five to eight times since the 1950s. Oh, it's and that's true. with standardized tests. That's, that's not mm-hmm. even with all the new testing. Plus we've got autism, we have ADD. It's like there is this, it's really an epidemic of brain problems that are coming about. And a big part of it has to be this high carbohydrate, high sugar, and mm-hmm. low-fat diet that people, yeah, that the well, American public but, has been eating for the past few decades. Well, the low-fat diet was such a big thing for the past, oh, I don't know, 15, 20 years. Everybody was cutting yeah. all fat out of their diet. And I kept thinking, you know, anytime you completely cut something totally out of your diet, it can't be good because we really need a balanced diet. And if we if we are what we think... We do become what we eat. So, you know, we're talking about mind, body, spirit, health here. You can't just take care of the body and ignore the mind or take care of the mind and ignore the body because we are all of those things together. And in order to have a healthy mind, you've got to have pretty much a healthy body. And in order to have a healthy body, you've got to also be working on that mind as though it were a muscle, you just don't let it go its own way. So you were talking about bioflavonoids. Can can you give our our listeners an idea uh, or an example of what a bioflavonoid is, so that they're not <laughs> going on yeah. going right onto the computer from here to try and look it up? Yeah, it's a it's a compound that we find mostly in fruits and vegetables that has a lot of good antioxidant properties. It really helps the body from rusting. And um, it turns out that some of these, not all of them, but a few of them, increase our rate of neurogenesis. So if you take, for example, like most people could use to take four or five grams a day, big capsules a day, of omega-3 fatty acids, of of fish oil. And if you do that, it's good to get one that has a high DHA content. That's the main um, omega-3 fatty acid you want is, is DHA. Most people should be doing a gram to a gram and a half a day of DHA. And when you do that, your rate of neurogenesis takes off. But with many things, when the rate of neurogenesis takes off, over the long run, about half of those new brain cells die. Unless you do mm. other things. For example, hesperidin is a bioflavonoid mm-hmm. that is found in citrus fruits. And mm-hmm. the main thing that hesperidin does is it keeps new brain cells alive. So that if you're also doing hesperidin along with omega-3s, you then have about a 100% survival rate of this new increased brain cell production that's happening in your brain. So you're saying that when these little brain cells are born, for for lack of a better way to explain it, you have to feed them the right food in order for them to grow and stay alive. That's right. That's right. Otherwise, the brain will prune them. It's always pruning. And so we can um, prevent that pruning by protecting them through things such as hesperidin. And, and, And the book goes into 25 or 30 different things. Also, equally important, is not doing things that slow down 
our rate of neurogenesis and are neurotoxic. So about 80% of the American population is insulin resistant to some degree, which means Mm -hmm. there's extra levels of insulin in people's bloodstreams and their blood sugar is higher than optimal. With a higher blood sugar level, you get a lower rate of neurogenesis. And with a higher insulin level, you decrease your rate of neurogenesis. So for most people, it's also really important to start eating less sugar and less carbohydrates in order to bring down your insulin resistance, in order to resensitize your body to insulin again so that you can have a normal, healthy blood sugar, which will help you have a higher level of neurogenesis. Um, that's that's, 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 that's great information. And, and we really need to focus on that because you're right. Uh, we have too much sugar in our bloodstream. We do because we have too much sugar in our food and we're not yeah. able to yeah. process it out. We're not drinking enough water for one thing to flush our systems to get it out. But in your scientific validated uh four point program, one of the things that you that you mention is that we should enrich our relationships and sex life. So can you can you touch on that a little bit and tell us how that is is going to help us uh, uh, stay healthy with our brains? Yeah, it's very interesting. Um, it turns out that having stressful relationships, relationships where there's fear, where there's anxiety, or where there's a lot of anger, or even having no relationships at all, feeling really lonely, These things, feeling isolated, these things slow down the rate of neurogenesis to a very significant degree. And the opposite, having loving, supportive relationships increases our rate of neurogenesis. Feeling safe in relationship, that is very helpful Mm. for the brain and the brain's growth. So stress and it's not just, you know, there's there's way too much stress in everybody, just about everybody's mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. Um, Except those minds. And when we talk about, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and when we talk about stress, it's this like hidden epidemic that is everywhere, but it's often talked about as stress is the bad guy. And mostly it is, but it's really the type of stress that some types of stress are actually good for us, but other types of stress are really bad for us. So the type of stress that's good for us is moderate, short-term stress, stress that ends. Um, Mm. That's the kind of stress that challenges us. It brings forth new capacities, new abilities. We grow to that kind of stress. But the stress that most people complain about and have too much of is chronic stress or high levels of stress our rate of neurogenesis just slows to a crawl when we have this sort of thing. It's very damaging to the brain over the long run. So we need to work on getting a break from stress, on doing things that will return our body to homeostatic balance, to a state of relaxation and calm and peace. And so meditation is good for this. Exercise is good for this. Loving relationships are good for this. And sex is good for this, too. 
Um, <laughs> yeah. Turns out that sex also increases the rate of neurogenesis. And, and I should say one more qualifying statement here, that mm-hmm. with men it doesn't make any difference, but for women, women need to control the timing of sex for sex to increase their rate of neurogenesis. So control the, the timing? The men, How do you mean by that? Like the pace of the lovemaking. If, oh, the, if the other partner is rushing it and both mm-hmm. people are not fully on board, um, the woman, or if it's both women, um, will not experience an increase in neurogenesis. For the woman, it's really important that there be some sense of control over the timing and the pace and the rhythm of it, which I think just... Mm is important for everybody who wants to be a good lover to know that. I, I think, yeah, I think that's true. And so, you know, that's where you, you send the kids over to grandma and grandpa's house <laughs> for a while so that you don't feel like you're stressed and, you know, is that door going to fly open any minute? Um, yeah, and so, you know, I, I think that you've hit on something really, really important uh, there, Dr. Brandt, and that's that you need to make time for intimacy uh, you you need mm-hmm. to make sure that you have a safe environment in order to take the time that you need, and and that's where sometimes you know date night comes in. Uh, you know, but we, we are we're always saying, oh, we we don't have enough money to do this or go out to dinner or that or whatever. You know, if you need to go get a hotel room, it's okay. You're married, you know, or you've got mm-hmm. a relationship going on there, and that would give you this this type of time that you're talking about. Well, it's hard to believe it, but we're down to our last five minutes of this show. So I'd really like for you to share with our listeners how they can contact you, get your book, and and learn more about the work you're doing. Okay. Well, the book is The Neurogenesis Diet and Lifestyle, and you can get it on Amazon. You can get it um, actually just about anywhere, Kobo, um, Barnes and Noble, Apple. You can also order it from any bookstore. Um, and my website is brantcourtright.com, um, and you can also get to the book from there as well. And that's Dr. D.R. Brant, no, it's just Brant. And the website is just brantcourtright.com. Oh, he! Oh, look at that! He's just being so. Okay, Brant Courtright, B R A N T, and then Courtright is C O R T R I G H T, and he just wants you to call him Brant Courtright. That's wonderful. So, thank you so much for being on the show with us today. Uh, The information was just a. And thank you for taking the time to, to, you know, kind of go off the the path that we had arranged to talk about uh, chemo brain. But I think it will be so helpful to so many women to know there is still hope out there. You can regrow those brain cells and and they'll be just fine. So thank you again for being on the show with us tonight. Oh, great. Well, thank you for having me and thank you for helping to spread the word about neurogenesis. You're so welcome. So to wrap up, for years, science has thought that there would be no way to halt the death of brain cells that control our aging process. But this recent neuroscience has actually discovered 
that we can grow new brain cells known as neurogenesis at any point in our lives. So when the rate of neurogenesis is low, that's when we experience memory loss and cognitive deficits. But as Dr. Courtright was explaining to us through diet and through controlling our emotions, we all have stress in our life. And, and our, our first guest was talking about from chaos to clarity, and that, and that ties right in with the neurogenesis diet and lifestyle. We all have stress. And sometimes that stress is a perception. And there's good stress that is going to spur us into uh, change. Uh, And that's moderate, short term. But the bad one is where it's chronic. It's that constant chaos, that high level of stress. And as both of our authors that were on the show with us today said, you can control this by connecting with your inner guidance and your loving center of peace. So thank you, everyone, for listening to the show tonight. Uh, Next week, next Wednesday night, I hope you'll all be back with us again. We have a great lineup for you. We are going to have, are you ready for this? French Kissing God is going to be the title of the book we're going to be talking about. So make sure that you tune in. 6 Eastern Standard Time to 6.30 and 6.30 to 7 with our second guest. And uh, we're going to be talking about some really interesting things. So thanks again for joining us tonight, and we'll see you next Wednesday. Thank you for tuning in to the Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis Show. If you would like to comment or have an idea for the show or have a question for Kat or one of her guests, please visit her on Facebook at Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis. This show and previous shows are archived on Blog Talk Radio, accessible from survivingcancerland.com and accessyourinnerguide.com. Join us again next Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Until then, have a great week.